Are you a business owner worried about the safety of your sensitive data? Look no further than Midwest Data Depot, your local off-site backup storage solution. Contact us today. Visit MidwestDataDepot.com. A tradition unlike any other. Now in the morning. Their time is done. It's over. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Welcome to Sports Beat AM. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. With Darren Pritchett. It's a lot. I hit the seven iron like John Davis the three. On Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Goodbye, baby. At the 50, the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10. Bye-bye, rocket touchdown. Good morning, everyone. Sports Beat AM is on the air for this Thursday morning, May the 12th of 2022. Right now, six minutes after six o'clock, 65 degrees currently in downtown South Bend. High temperature today, probably right around 84 degrees under partly cloudy skies. Sports Beat AM live on 960 AM WSBT, streaming live. On our free WSBT radio app, you can get the app right now at the iTunes or Google Play stores. Just search WSBT radio. Then you can listen to us live or our podcasts. You can listen to those whenever you would like. Well, this hour of Sportsbeat AM is being brought to you by Ghost Energy, introducing the feel-good energy drink we've all been waiting for, featuring Sour Patch Kids-inspired flavors. And by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Well, we've got three hours of local sports talk coming your way between now and 9 o'clock. At 9 o'clock, it's the Dan Patrick Show on WSBT Radio. On the docket this morning at 7.05, we'll spend a little time on what looks to be a very interesting night number one of the 2023 NFL Draft, where there are some individuals that believe, now again, we're a long way away from draft night, but there could be one, two, three, maybe even four Irish that could go in the first round. We'll go through the list of players that the NFL are very high on coming up at 7.05+. Plus, this looks to be a draft that will have some high-end quarterbacks going At the top, unlike this year when only one quarterback went in the first round, and it was at pick number 20, Kenny Pickett, the Pittsburgh quarterback going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Also coming up on the program this morning at 7.35, a look at the list of teams that the Chicago Bears will play this year. That's important because the NFL schedule comes out tonight at 8 o'clock, so we will know the order of the games for the Bears, but we do know the teams that they will play. Is it the type of schedule that is manageable with a second-year quarterback? Can the Bears make a push for the postseason? We'll run down the list coming up at 735. Our Sportsbeat AM Twitter question of the day comes your way right around 750. In the 8 o'clock hour, we have a couple of guests. John Nolan, the longtime radio and TV voice of the Fort Wayne Tidcaps in the Midwest League, the affiliate of the San Diego Padres. He's going to stop by. 
The Tin Caps are taking on the South Bend Cubs at Four Winds Field this week. Also this morning at 8.35, we will have Brandon Haney on the program. He is the director of the Senior PGA Championship at Harbor Shores up in Benton Harbor, Michigan. This facility once again hosting the Senior PGA Championship May 25th through the 29th. Brandon's going to stop by to tell us what's happening with the Senior PGA Championship and a look at some of the great players that are going to be in our area once again competing for a prestigious tournament. The PGA of America puts on the Senior PGA Championship, so we will talk to Brandon at 835 about another major championship coming to our area. So that's a pretty good list of things to get to this morning. Sportsbeat AM on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Sports Beat AM presents What You Missed While You Were Sleeping. Touchdown, Notre Dame! Pink at 76 yards! Whoa. On Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. We start with some high school basketball news. Mishawaka High School has a new boys basketball coach. It is Bodie Bender. He spent four years at Carroll High School in Flora. And each year that program got better and better, including this past season. Bender led Carroll to the Class 2A semi-state title game over at Northside Jim at Elkhart. Carroll came up short in that ball game, but what a season as they went 24-2. and Bender comes to Mishawaka to take over for Ron Heklinski, who retired after last season. Bender is a Jimtown graduate, played for the Jimmies from 1997 through 2001. So congratulations to Bodie Bender for becoming the new basketball coach at Mishawaka High School. Congratulations to Dean Huppert as well, the AD at Mishawaka. What a terrific home run hire for the Cavemen. We move to Major League Baseball, an afternoon tilt out in beautiful San Diego. The Cubs and the Padres wrapping up their three-game set. We pick up the action, top of the second inning. A 2-2 ball game. The Cubs had a couple of runners on base for Frank Schwindel. Swing and a ball drilled to center field. Grisham going back. Back some more. Off the top of the wall. Wisdom in to score. Here comes Rivas in to score. Frank the tank. Bring him home. Cubs on top. It is now 4-2. The Cubs would lead 5-2 after four innings, but the Padres would battle back. The game was 5-5. Moving to the top of the eighth inning, Alfonso Rivas came to the plate. A very important bat in the ballgame for Chicago. Up the middle base hit. Come on, come in on. to score come Contreras. On. Here comes Hat. And the Cubs, a two-run single for Alfonso Rivas. And it is 7-5 Cubs. Boog Shambi with the calls on Marquee Sports Network. That would be the final score. Cubs 7, Padres 5. Wilson Contreras had 
Three runs scored, a home run. Keegan Thompson, four innings, five hits, two earned runs. He got the spot start for the Cubbies, who win 7-5. The Cubs will play at Arizona tomorrow night at 940. On the National League scoreboard, the Reds outslugged the Brewers 14-11. Milwaukee's Christian Yelich hit for the cycle. Also last night, the Cardinals routed the Orioles 10-1. It was the Pirates surprising the Dodgers 5-3. The Marlins all over the Diamondbacks 11-3. Phillies 4, Mariners 2. The Giants took care of the Rockies 7-1. The Nationals all over the Mets 8-3. Red Sox and Braves playing down in Atlanta. The game was 3-3 in the bottom of the ninth inning. Swing, drive. Skip Carey with a call on Valley Sports, Braves 5, Red Sox 3. To the America League, the Guardians and the White Sox were scheduled to play yesterday. The game did not take place as it was postponed as the Guardians are dealing with a COVID issue within their team, mainly on the coaching staff. So the game was postponed. The White Sox are back in action tonight at home against the New York Yankees. Dylan Cease gets the baseball for the Sox against the Bronx Bombers at 8-10. Yesterday, the Oakland Athletics took care of the Detroit Tigers at Comerica Park, 9-0, seven base hits for Detroit, three of those by Miguel Cabrera. Detroit starter Joey Wentz had a rough outing, two and two-thirds innings, seven hits, six earned runs. A's and Tigers have a first pitch, at 110 today, Bo Brisky takes the baseball for Detroit. After getting no hit the day before, the Rays beat the Angels in 10 innings, 4-2. It was the Royals 8, the Rangers 2. The Astros-Twins game was suspended in the third inning with the Astros leading the Twins 5-1. The game was halted due to a severe thunderstorm that went through the Twin Cities. That game will be picked up later today with the regularly scheduled game to follow. The Yankees continue to roll. They beat the Blue Jays 5-3. Notre Dame baseball hosts a three-game series against the Pittsburgh Panthers starting tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Irish softball plays in the ACC tournament quarterfinals in Pittsburgh today at 1.30. The Irish went 1-2 against Clemson during the ACC regular season. Notre Dame enters the tournament having won eight consecutive games. Midwest League, South Bend has won eight in a row. They down Fort Wayne at Four Winds Field last night, 6-5. Another matchup tonight at 7.05 on WSBT Radio. NBA playoffs, what a comeback by the champs. The Milwaukee Bucks outscored the Boston Celtics in the fourth quarter, 33-21 to take down the Celtics, 110-107 at TD Garden. Former Irish guard Pat Connaughton, 31 minutes off the bench for Milwaukee. He throws in 13 points on four of seven shooting, including three out of five from the three-point line. With the victory, the Bucks steal back the home court advantage. 
Milwaukee leads Boston three games to two, game six in Milwaukee tomorrow. The Memphis Grizzlies, even without their star, John Morant, hammered Golden State 134-95. to Jaron Jackson Jr., Tyus Jones, Desmond Bain all had 21 points for the Grizzlies. Golden State back home to host game six on Friday. Warriors lead the Grizzlies three games to two. Tonight in the second round of the NBA playoffs, 7 o'clock tip Miami at Philadelphia. The Heat, the top seed in the East, lead the series 3-2. At 9.30, Dallas will host the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix can close out the series. They're up 3-2. We're still in round one of the NHL playoffs, and the Rangers stayed alive. They defeated the Penguins at Madison Square Garden 5-3. Pittsburgh's brought. Irish Ford had an assist, now has five points in the series. Pittsburgh returns home for game six Friday night at 7 o'clock with a three games to two series lead. The Florida Panthers have won two straight games in their series against the Capitals. Last night, Florida beat Washington 5-3. Big win for the Panthers. Now they will go to D.C. for game six Friday night at 7 o'clock. Florida leads three games to two. It was a three-goal third period for the Calgary Flames as Calgary on home ice beat the Dallas Stars 3-1. Game six in Dallas tomorrow night at 9.30. Calgary leads Dallas three games to two. Tonight in the Stanley Cup playoffs, four series could conclude at 7 o'clock. Carolina up three games to two will play at Boston 7.30. The Leafs look to oust the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. The Leafs on the road to play Tampa up 3-2. At 9.30, Minnesota at St. Louis. The Blues can close out their series. They're up 3-2. And at 10 o'clock, Edmonton plays at L.A. The Kings have a 3-2 game series advantage. And those are some of the things you might have missed while you were sleeping. Sportsbeat AM on this Thursday morning being presented by Ghost Energy and Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We are streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. Welcome to Sports Beat AM with Darren Pritchett on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Welcome back to Sports Beat AM on your home of the Fighting Irish. Sports Radio 960 WSBT, 25 minutes after 6 o'clock. Good morning, Darren Pritchett with you. 65 degrees right now in downtown South Bend. Expected high temperature today, 84 degrees. September 3, that is game one of the Notre Dame football season for 2022. The Irish head to Columbus to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes should be an Ohio State team ranked in the top five in the preseason polls. The expectation is Notre Dame will be probably a top 15 
football team entering this highly anticipated matchup between these two great programs. Well, FanDuel and other betting services have come out with their lines for this game, and we've seen numbers anywhere between 10.5 and 14.5, with Ohio State being favored by that amount. Well, FanDuel has come out with now three Lines for Notre Dame football games this year. The opener at Ohio State right now, FanDuel, has that game. As Ohio State, a 13.5 point favorite against Notre Dame. So if you want the Irish, you get a 13.5 point head start. That is an awfully big number. So FanDuel has Ohio State favored by 13.5 at home against the Fighting Irish. Notre Dame will have a home game against the California Bears, and right now Notre Dame favored by 17.5 points over the squad from Berkeley in the Pac-12 Conference. And another game that has a line right now, thanks to FanDuel, the matchup in Las Vegas between the Fighting Irish and the BYU Cougars. This could be a very interesting ball game. BYU has been a really solid football team the last few years. And right now, FanDuel says Notre Dame is favored by nine points over the Cougars. So that's an early look at some of the matchups that the Irish have this year and the lines put out by FanDuel that you can already put a couple of bucks down on those matchups with the early lines. It's been a very interesting battle, I think is the right word, between the PGA Tour and the inaugural LIV, that Saudi tour that has gotten so much publicity, mainly due to the comments of American golfer Phil Mickelson back in February as he has been talking about joining this tour and he was using it as leverage to try to get some more things done on the PGA Tour. I think some of the top golfers feel like they need to be taken care of more by the PGA Tour. They are the reason why people come out to tournaments. They watch on TV that there's interest in the PGA Tour. While this new Saudi-backed tour is throwing a lot of money at these guys, a lot of money to come compete in these tournaments, so they get a bunch of cash just for showing up. Well, the PGA Tour has denied releases to the players looking to play in the first event of the Saudi Arabian financed LIV Golf Invitational Series, according to a memo obtained by ESPN. Apparently, the PGA Tour normally grants releases to players similarly to ones that are international events, but this is not going to be the case for the LIV event. Apparently, the tour notified its players on Tuesday. Now, Greg Norman, who is the CEO of this LIV golf tour, issued a statement calling the PGA Tour's decision, quote, anti-golfer, anti-fan, anti-competitive. But no matter what obstacles the PGA Tour puts in our way, we will not be stopped. We will continue to give players options that promote the great game of golf globally, end quote. Now, this Saudi-backed tour will feature four tournaments played in the United States. It will include seven regular season events and a team championship match play finale at Trump Doral in Miami, October 28th through the 30th. Now, there is the first matchup or the first tournament coming up in just a few days in London. Now, Phil Mickelson is the biggest high-profile player that 
wants to play on this tour. Others that have requested releases from the PGA Tour, Lee Westwood and Sergio Garcia. Greg Norman told ESPN last week that more than 200 players have registered for the first event, including 15 of the top 100 in the official World Golf Rankings. Norman says he's tried to work with the PGA Tour, but, quote, for the PGA Tour to say we're a breakaway league is completely wrong. We're not a breakaway tour. We're an additive to the ecosystem of the game of golf. To cast this against me is wrong. It goes to other institutions as well. Just because I'm very blessed and fortunate enough to be the CEO of this opportunity to grow the game of golf, don't target me for specific stuff and reasons. That's crazy End quote. This is going to be very interesting to watch develop. The PGA Tour, very strong right now. Great TV ratings. So many recognizable faces and voices on the PGA Tour. But this new tour could break all the momentum that the PGA Tour has right now. These guys make a lot of money, but the Saudi-backed tour is offering them, it seems like, a lot of guaranteed money. And their purses are off the chart big big decisions for a lot of golfers and it looks like one of the most popular guys on the pga tour phil mickelson is going to start playing on that particular tour we've got more on this and other golf topics on the golf show which comes your way saturday morning at eight o'clock brought to you by corona premiere also this morning at 8.35, Brandon Haney will join the program, the director of the Senior PGA Championship at Harbor Shores, May 25th through the 29th. 6.32, John Hoffman with a Sports Center update. Sports Beat AM continues with the latest in Notre Dame football recruiting. This is the Blue and Gold Illustrated Recruiting Update with Mike Singer. And the guy with all the insight from Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com is Mike Singer. He joins us each week on Sportsbeat AM on 960 AM WSBT. Mike, good morning to you. How are you? Doing great, Darren. Good morning to you as well. Thank you so much for joining me as always. And we get to talk about a commitment from over the weekend. Four-star defensive lineman Devin Houston picks the Fighting Irish. Commitment number 12 and the fourth defensive line commitment Mike, for this Fighting Irish football team, give us some of your thoughts on what you see in Devin Houston and the match with Houston and the Fighting Irish. Big dude who's uh, played American football for just one season. Uh, he's from the, uh, I believe it's Ontario, Canada, and uh, came to uh, Hagerstown, Maryland, in the northwest corner of the state last August. I'm, I'm going to say was and. Um, yeah, so he's he's fairly new to the game of football and about six five two hundred seventy five pounds. He's a he's a big boy with um, some quick feet, um, quick hands, motor. He's got a competitive hip hop dancing background, yeah. um, Darren. So he's got yeah, he's got some nimbleness to him, um, and uh, he, he w- w- with some power. You know, I went out to see him. Um, uh, in March, and uh, his coach gave me a pretty great quote. He said, uh, "This is Colin Ponder said he's a game wrecker. He's got the combination of power and grace. That's a pretty good way to describe a defensive lineman. He's got power and yet grace, and that grace obviously comes from his dancing background and his, and his power is just that God-given strength he has. So, I I think Darren, he's a pretty 
he's a prospect with high upside. I, I, I mean, with his size and, and, and what we just talked about, you know, power and grace and, um, you know, just a limited experience playing football. I think he's got so much upside, but also, you know, I think he's got a pretty high floor. And, like, I, I don't think that he's going to – I don't see this kid being a bust. I think he's at worst. You know, he's just a, a rotational piece for your defensive line, you know, with how big and athletic he is. So, overall, it's a really good get for Al Washington and Notre Dame. And, Mike, reading one of your stories, he did not get the chance to play two years ago, a COVID season up in Canada. As you said, he made the move to Maryland competition level that he faced last fall. Was it very significant? No, no, it wasn't yeah. great, but you know, there was Tyler Buckner, you know, playing it in small ball San Diego. Mm-hmm. And what, what are you supposed to do when you, when, you know, the competition isn't great, you're supposed to absolutely dominate. And, yeah. and that's really what Devin Houston did. He, he looked like a, you know, a man who wants boys. Um, so, you know, he plays, strong side end will play on the interior play some left tackle for his team again as, as a young man still you know, just getting familiar with uh, American football and um, hmm. you know he had offers from Penn State Michigan South Carolina um, you know handful of uh, big-time schools after him and you know j- just took one visit uh, to Notre Dame for him to to pick the Irish Mike Singer, recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. You're a writer. You know all the big words. So how would you describe the four <laughs> commitments that the Irish have right now in the class of 2023 along the defensive line? I mean, it's, I wish Lou Samoji were with us, the uh, late, great senior editor at Blue and Gold, because, you know, he would always you know explain <laughs> to me how you know, defensive line recruiting, that was, you know, Achilles heel of Notre Dame football for so long. I mean, I, now you look at it, it's such a strength. And you, know, you, you got to give credit to Mike Elston. I mean, he helped build that at Notre Dame, such strong depth on the defensive line. But then specifically in this class, you know, he offered Keon Keeley and recruited him and Brennan Vernon um, to their commitment. And then even – Bubakar Traore, who uh, committed at the end of April, and, and Devin Houston, who committed over the weekend, he offered both of those guys last fall. Um, so, I mean, he, you know, he, he, I know he's a Michigan man now, but he does get you know, some credit for, you know, those two. So, you, you know, you got to give him some credit. But, I mean, Al Washington has is, is done just a phenomenal job being off sometimes when you have a position coach leave that can, you know, um, you know, be a, a huge loss for you, but Al Washington came and hit the ground running. But yeah, in terms of those four guys, I mean, it's a well-rounded group. I think they complement each other well. And Darren, I don't think they're done. Really? I personally think, yeah, I think they're going to get to five defensive linemen. Um, I, I, so I think they're very happy with this four. Um, but the massive cast of defensive linemen, Jason Moore, number 39 player nationally, number five defensive lineman per the 2023 on three consensus ranking. He's just way too good. Notre Dame would absolutely be fired up to have him. So you, you could be looking at the best defensive line class on paper for Notre Dame probably ever. <laughs> like, wow. um, I can't, you know, you know, I'm a younger guy. I, like, I can't tell you guys the history, which again, we had loose Moji to tell me, 
But, I mean, just I, I don't know how it could get much better than that. Mike, your best guess, these four defensive line commitments, how do they fit into Al Golden's defense? Well, the easy one is Keon Keeley will play Viper, you know, whatever you want to call that position now, drop end, shark, weak side end. It's had many names over the years, but I think it's <laughs> kind of stuck on Viper now. That's the easy one. The rest of them are kind of hybrid guys. You know, Notre Dame switching between four and three man fronts. You're going to need some defensive linemen who can line up in various positions. I think Brendan Vernon is kind of just bulking up to being, you know, talking about a strong side end to now potentially even a nose guard, not even joking. Brendan Vernon is, you know, up to 285 pounds. Uh, the last time I checked, so it's probably 290 now. Brendan Vernon, a big man. So I think he's a one or three technique. Um, that's a, your nose guard or defensive tackle. I, I think Bubakar Traore is, you know, a strong side end or a, or a defensive tackle, and then Devin Houston. I was talking to him yesterday, and he, he felt pretty adamant that he was not a nose guard, but, I mean, he, he's I, – I, I could see him playing any, you know, in, pretty much anywhere on the defensive line except for Viper. I think he could play nose guard. I think he could play defensive tackle. I think he could slim down a little bit and play def, a strong side defensive end. So, well-rounded group, like I said. Um, and then the, 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 I mean, the best player of that group is Keon Keeley. I mean, that, I mean, he is, I, I think a generational talent and, uh, I mean, he could be one of, you know, one of the great Notre Dame defensive ends when it, when it, you know, when his career is all said and done. Irish fans that are subscribers to blue and gold illustrated blue and They know that. Irish coaches are on the road right now. You've written a couple of pieces on this subject. How would you summarize what the Irish coaching staff is doing this week? It, it's twofold. You have the coaches, like Harry Heathstead's done a lot of going to the high schools of a top recruit, that they're after. Um, there's the bump rule, so they're not really allowed to sit down and have a full conversation with the prospect, <clears throat> excuse me, but, you know, high school, you sit down with the coach, you know, you have, the kids are, are, you know, are all talking about in the hallways, hey, did you see your Notre Dame's here for so-and-so? And it's just a big deal when that happens. So there's that. There's the going to the high school of a specific player. And then you have something like area recruiting, uh, Jared Parker, tight ends coach, has done a lot of it because, you know, they have a tight end committed in 2023 already. Um, you know, they're, they're, they kind of zeroed in on a few 2024 guys at that position. So he can kind of just recruit some areas uh, more so than recruit specific high schools. So, you know, he's been in Nashville, Knoxville, Chattanooga. He's, he was in Raleigh-Durham yesterday. So it's just inquiring um, about certain prospects, you know, in, in just a specific area to build relationships with high school. So, again, recruiting top players, you know, that's very targeted specific schools, obviously. And then, you know, Brian Mason was just in Indiana all last week recruiting, building those relationships. High school coaches currently, I believe, is the Northern California Again, just making the rounds at some of the top high schools to, to you know, connect with those high school coaches.
It's really interesting hearing you describing some of the rules and regulations, what you can and can't do this week. I'm, I'm just picturing, can Harry wave at the offensive line recruit, or is that going to be hey, a mean, violation? Look, <laughs> the NCAA is not really going to be – they don't really crack down on the bump sure. rule. You have to really screw up, and that happens. Um, and trust me, I hear stories about – you know, a coach going to a school and spending 45 minutes with the kids. But I'm just telling folks, these the, these are the rules, um, <laughs> you know, but that that's I, – I, I, the, the answer is really such a joke. But, yeah. Um, yeah, the bump rule is, you know, needs to be a little bit more well-defined or needs to be done away with or something. Mike, should Irish fans get to know four-star wide receiver Cam Williams? Yeah, sure. So he's a, I mean, he's from Chicago, so he's pretty close. He's a, he's a four-star wide receiver. Notre Dame just offered him. He's in the 2024 class, so he's a high school sophomore right now, you know, going into his junior year. So we got some time, but, um, you know, to really focus in on that 2024 class, but you know, Notre Dame's already got one commitment in that cycle and could have another coming up soon, wink, wink, Darren. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think Kane Williams – I mean, look, whenever they offer, you know, big-time kids from Chicago, it's, it's notable. They offered five-star defense alignment Justin Scott from um, St. Ignatius. So um, – and I think the Irish got a really good shot there. Um, so, I mean, man, when's the last time Notre Dame landed a player from Chicago? Is Justin Walters and Pat Coogan in 2021? Mm-hmm. Is that is that it? So, yeah, I mean, when, when Chicago has big-time players, Notre Dame's got to go in there and get them. Mm. Lot going on, so I feel funny asking this question. But Mike, what do you think is next for the Irish? No, it's a great question. I love when you ask what's next. So right now, it's that spring evaluation period, and these from Monday through Friday, the the ten assistant coaches are out on the road. This is not a period for Marcus Freeman to go out on the road. So he's doing all sorts of um, Freeman's. I mean, I think he's just in Tampa this week. He's uh, doing something in Chicago with Chris Zorich. I mean, he's you know, doing all sorts of um, traveling still. I guess the guy just has to be out on the road doing something. Um, but so we have the spring evaluation. But May is we're, – we're in commitment season right now. I mean, I, I, since mid-April, I think it's been like six commitments or something Notre Dame's picked up. So those March and April visits that we've talked about there and, you know, for the, for the past couple of months, the – fruits of those labors are you know may commitments you know late april may commitments and then you'll see june official visits when it's 48 hours um the university's paying for the kids to come up on campus and wine them and dine them and all that good stuff you know we'll see some june commitments come out of that but then a lot of kids will announce it in july and whatnot after they've taken you know all their trips so we're just kind of in commitment season um, it's crazy to say that, you know, signing day is about seven months away, but you can kind of get a good picture of what the class is going to look like. And I actually did a month class article mm-hmm. Monday at Blue and Gold, uh, the gold standard. And I, I also did the uh, mock, pla- mock class version one uh, back on March 1st. And, and this article didn't look that much different from that one. And, hmm. and now, you know, about 70 days from uh, uh, version one to version two and 70 days is an attorney in recruiting. So it just kind of goes to show that Notre Dame has top guys and 
you know, they're looking really good for a lot of them. And if you look at receiver and, you know, defensive line, offensive line, I mean, linebacker, they're, they're closing in on, on their top guys. Quarterback is the big one. Obviously, Dante Moore, we've talked a ton about him there, and they got to get him. And you know, they're hoping to get him on campus for an official visit in June. Quarterback and uh, defensive back are kind of the two positions that you have a little bit of concern over. Like, I, I feel the rest of the spots, Notre Dame's in a fantastic spot. You know, they're going to land some big time players. Uh, but do they get Dante Moore or do they not? And then cornerback, they lost a commitment from Justin Rett in, at Las Vegas, excuse me, Bishop Gorman. And uh, do they get Christian Gray from St. Louis to Smet? He's a big-time uh, player. You know, they're offering new cornerbacks. So there's just some uncertainties um, at, at those two spots more so than others. Mike Singer, recruiting insider for Notre Dame football at Blue and Gold Illustrated, Blue and Gold Dot com. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike T. Singer. Coming up in a couple of moments, it's the My Five Question of the Day from Sportsbeat AM on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 658 Sportsbeat AM on WSBT Radio. Darren Pritchett with you. The My Five Question of the Day. One question, five answers. NFL schedule comes out later tonight. We'll then know the season opener. The defending world champion, it's become the norm. They play the first game at home on a Thursday night. The L.A. Rams are the world champs, so what are the five best options for that first game? Now, Denver and the Rams are going to play on Christmas Day. Denver would have been my number two choice, but Denver's off the board. That's a Christmas Day game, so what's left? Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. Well... I think there's four good choices. The fifth, it was really tough to go with anything outstanding. I went with Arizona just because of the drama around Arizona. Kyler Murray wanting a long-term deal, not happening. They go out and make some trades, trying to make him happy. Getting Hollywood Brown from the Ravens, his former teammate at Oklahoma. Plus, it's a divisional game. Arizona and the Rams. Arizona swept the Rams last year, so not a great fifth choice, but honestly, we don't have a whole lot to work with. Number four, the San Francisco 49ers. Until the Rams beat the Niners in the NFC Championship game, they have had no luck against the guys from the Bay the last few years. These are going to be probably the two teams battling for first place in the NFC West this season. It's a great rivalry. Two really, really high-end football teams in an NFC that may not have as many elite teams as the AFC, but you can't go wrong with the two California teams squaring off. Always a lot of drama, Rams and 49ers. Top choices for that first NFL game, who plays the Rams on opening night? Well, they're America's team. We hear about them all the time. Dallas Cowboys have to be on the list, but I don't think it'll be Dallas. They were in the opener last year at Tampa Bay. I don't think they go back to the Cowboys a second consecutive year. Although if there's one team they would choose to go back-to-back in that opening game, it would be the highly popular from a love standpoint and also dislike standpoint. The Dallas Cowboys, who are going to be a really good football team probably this year out of the NFC East. Number two. 
I went with the Las Vegas Raiders just because the opening game will be our first regular season chance to see former Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams suit up in the silver and black. The old college combination back together, Derek Carr to Devontae Adams. Plus, there's some extra drama with Josh McDaniels coaching his first game in charge of that Raider football team after being in New England for a long time, had a very short stint as the Broncos head coach a decade ago. That failed miserably, almost taking the Colts job. He's now the Raider head coach, so Raiders-Rams would be a good possibility. Number one. And in my opinion, the best choice for the Rams opener week one on Thursday Night Football, the Buffalo Bills, the team that a lot of people believe are ready for that next step. We thought it might be last year. Didn't work out losing that epic overtime game in the divisional round to the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. Bills are locked and loaded with Josh Allen at quarterback. Still one of the elite teams in the AFC and the NFL. Bills and Rams, you could argue that is a possible Super Bowl matchup come February. That's the My 5 question of the day. We'll have the answer to that question coming up tonight. The schedule release at 8 o'clock. John Hoffman has a sports center update coming up next, 702 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT, South Bend. Welcome to Sports Speed AM. I'm catching on the hosel, right? Yeah, right, right. Moving my head. Yeah. Clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My sling feels like an unfolding lawn chair. It's the 705 tea time. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess. Four, please. Darren Pritchett is now broadcasting. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to Sportsbeat AM on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Good morning, everyone. Sportsbeat AM, hour number two. On your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Our live stream available to you right now at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. If you don't have the app, my goodness, it's so simple. Just go to the iTunes or Google Play stores, search WSBT Radio. Once you hit all those buttons, you've got the app on your phone. You can listen to us live. Also, our podcasts are available via that app. The 7 o'clock hour of Sports Beat AM is being brought to you by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. And by Ghost Energy, introducing the feel-good energy drink we've all been waiting for, featuring Sour Patch Kids inspired flavors hope your morning's off to a terrific start you're waking up to 64 degrees in downtown south bend today partly cloudy skies warm a high of 84 tonight mostly clear low of 58 looking ahead to tomorrow your friday mostly sunny a high of 82 degrees and we're actually going to cool off a little bit next week 75 on sunday 70 on monday all the way down to 65 on Wednesday. Well, for NFL fans, tonight is one of those off-season nights that get you kind of revved up. The NFL schedule 
will be unveiled tonight at 8 o'clock. We're going to talk about the Chicago Bears opponents coming up at 7.35. But right now, even though this is 11 months away, really interesting storylines starting to develop around the 2023 NFL Draft. The two storylines from our standpoint, first off, Notre Dame players being considered as possibilities for first-round picks, and also it's very interesting how this year's draft, quarterbacks, I don't know if many people like the quarterbacks in this draft from a draft analyst standpoint. Kenny Pickett was the only quarterback taken in round one, the Pittsburgh Panther, who at the team facility of the Steelers always went to the door to the right where the Panthers are located. Well, now he's going to go to the door to the left because he was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. The 2023 NFL Draft, we're not going to have to wait very long for a quarterback to be taken. In fact, the number one overall pick in the draft could face the Fighting Irish in the first game of the year, September 3rd at the Horseshoe. C.J. Stroud, the quarterback from Ohio State, considered a leading candidate to be the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. He could be competing with Alabama quarterback and Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young. So Stroud and Young are probably going to dominate the headlines as we get a whole lot closer to the 2023 NFL Draft. Todd McShay, of course, draft analyst for ESPN, ESPN Radio, says that the 2023 quarterback draft group is going to be a whole lot better than this year. It looks a lot more like 2021 when we had five quarterbacks taking the top 15, starting with Trevor Lawrence at number one for Jacksonville, and then uh, obviously Mac Jones down at 15 for the New England Patriots. So, yeah, I had C.J. Stroud coming off the board and then Bryce Young uh, from Ohio State and Alabama, respectively one and two. And then I three quarterbacks that are just projections, to be totally honest. I mean, Anthony Richardson I had going number six to the Carolina Panthers. He's a Florida quarterback. He started two games last year, played in eight. You know, he was basically a backup all season long, and he's still he's still competing for the starting job this year. But, man, is he talented. You know, if he has one of those years where he where he puts it all together, he's, he's got the size, mobility, arm strength. He's everything you look for from a tools standpoint. But he's a total projection at this point. Todd McShay, ESPN on the quarterback position. How about the needed quarterback in the NFL? A guy who started two games last year. Could be a first-round pick, Richardson, from the Florida Gators. Now, the Sporting News has come out with their NFL mock draft already, and they've got a projection of the Houston Texans having the first pick this year. They would go with C.J. Stroud, the quarterback from Ohio State, followed by the Detroit Lions at two. So maybe they're not going to be a whole lot better. Who knows? This projection has the Lions taking Bryce Young, the quarterback, out of Alabama. And then the next two picks, no surprise, defensive players. Everybody wants the elite edge rushers. Willie Anderson, the elite edge from Alabama, number three to Atlanta. And Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia, number four to the New York Jets. At pick number six, that's where things start to get a little interesting from a South Bend perspective. I think a lot of us, 
me included, felt like Michael Mayer was the best tight end in college football last year. His numbers were not as good as the Colorado State tight end that won the Mackey Award given to the nation's best tight end. But also level of competition. Mayer missed a game due to injury. I will take Michael Mayer any day of the week. And he's going to be the leading candidate to win the Mackey Award this year. Now, we've always talked about Mayer as likely a first-round pick. This is a difference maker at the tight end position. He is so amazing for an offensive coordinator to work with because you can do so many things with him. You can line him up to the outside and cause a lot of headaches for defensive coordinators. Who are you going to put on him? A safety? A corner who's going to get overpowered but has the speed to stay with him? It makes the defensive coordinator really game plan around the tight end position. Well, the New York Giants released former Irish tight end Kyle Rudolph during the offseason, and they are in need of a tight end. Now, Daniel Jones is their quarterback. They did not give him that fifth year. They had the option to lock him in basically at this point, but due to his inconsistent play, they want him to prove that he is the guy in the 2022 season. I bring that up because if Michael Mayer is the choice of the New York Giants, like this mock draft of the Sporting News has, Mayer's going to be in a spot where there's probably going to be a new quarterback in 2023. Now, if Daniel Jones gets a whole lot better, then there's your quarterback for 2023 in New York. But that's a big if. They've improved the offensive line. They've got some good skill position players. It is go time for Daniel Jones. And we'll see if this plays out. Tight end, number six overall. You know, that's pretty high, but we saw Kyle Pitts, the Florida Gator tight end, go to the Atlanta Falcons at pick number four in the 2021 NFL draft. So just something to keep in mind. We could have a top 10 player in the draft next year. We thought we might have one this year in Kyle Hamilton. Didn't turn out that way. He went 14 to Baltimore Mayor, number six to the New York Giants in this projection. Also in this Sporting News projection, there are three other Notre Dame players that they are projecting to go in round number one. Can you guess them? I'll give you a second to think about that, but this mock draft is full of Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, and Georgia players. It is, I guess, no surprise considering how well all those teams recruit year in and year out, and they develop talent, but this is just going to be a draft if it plays out the way many people think already. Those elite teams are going to have their names called a lot in the first round. So I told you Mayer in this projection went number six to the New York Giants. The second Notre Dame player off the board has not even suited up for the Irish in one game yet. Yet he's going number 13 to the Philadelphia Eagles. And that is the transfer from Northwestern safety Brandon Joseph. I brought this up yesterday, but Kyle Hamilton goes 14 to the Ravens this year, and the guy who could replace him could go sooner in next year's draft. Almost unthinkable, but with this projection, Joseph, the newcomer from Northwestern, taking over at the safety spot for the Irish, number 13 overall to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the third Notre Dame player to go in the first round via this Sporting News mock draft is edge rusher Isaiah Foskey. He goes number 20 to the Indianapolis Colts, a very physical player with explosiveness coming off the edge. 
I think there was a very good chance Isaiah Foskey was a second-round pick in this year's draft. But he is going to say, I'm better than that, and I'm going to prove it. He is counting on himself to be even better this year, take steps forward in his game. He wants to be a first-round pick, and the Sporting News has Foskey going number 20 to the Colts. And the fourth Notre Dame player in this projection to go in round number one from the offensive line of Notre Dame, Jared Patterson going number 32, the last pick in the first round to the Buffalo Bills. I'm betting Patterson can be a center in the NFL. Good chance he's an offensive guard in the National Football League. And within this projection, they've got Patterson being a guard for the Buffalo Bills. They have a veteran player at that spot. Patterson would be a really good replacement. And Patterson gets a year of working with Harry Heastan, which will be a major plus for him. It's early. It's May. The 2023 NFL Draft is in April of next year. But a lot of projections coming out. Michael Mayer consistently in the first round. The other three are hit and miss in the top 32 picks, but the Sporting News had Michael Mayer, the Irish tight end, going six to the Giants. Newcomer, safety, Brandon Joseph, 13 to the Eagles. Edge rusher, Isaiah Foskey, number 20 to the Colts. And Jared Patterson, the Irish interior offensive lineman, number 32 to the Buffalo Bills. 722. Pat Connaughton, very effective off the Bucks bench again last night. We'll tell you about the old Notre Dame guard next on WSBT. Welcome to Sports Beat AM. It's over in the longest regular season game in the history of the Big East Conference. Notre Dame has defeated Louisville 104-101 in live overtimes. August, no tip. It was the defensive specialist Pfluger who got it at the buzzer. Notre Dame wins it. Notre Dame is the 2015 ACC Basketball Tournament Champion. With Darren Pritchett on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. 728 at WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you on Sportsbeat AM. Well, Pat Connaughton had some great years with the Fighting Irish basketball program, part of the 2015 squad that made it to the Elite Eight, almost getting by that undefeated Kentucky team as the Irish just missed a trip to the Final Four. Well, Pat Connaughton's had a great run in the NBA, a part of the NBA World Championship Bucks team from last year. The Bucks are trying to run it back and win another championship for the city of Milwaukee. The Bucks disposed of the Chicago Bulls in the first round and now in a dogfight with the Boston Celtics in a best-of-seven second-round series. And for the Bucks in this series, it has been back and forth. Win-loss, win-loss, and a win last night in Boston, Game 5, as Milwaukee came back with quite the fourth-quarter rally beating the Celtics 110-107. to There are 48 minutes in an NBA basketball game, and Connaughton comes off the bench, and he has played anywhere between 21 and 33 minutes for the Bucs in this series against Boston. Only played 21 minutes in game one, but the minutes have gone up. 
the rest of the series. Game two, 25 minutes, then 33-30 and 31 minutes last night. Connaughton, 13 points in the win last night. Four of seven from the field, three of five from the three-point line. Connaughton has shot the ball extremely well in this series. From the field, over the first five games, Connaughton shooting 56.6%. He's also burying 49.5% of his three-point shots. He has hit three three three-pointers in each of the last three games of this series. For the series, 11.2 points per game, 4.4 rebounds. Pat Connaughton, a big boost coming off the bench. The Bucs don't have their terrific combo guard, Chris Middleton, injured in the series against the Bulls. So Connaughton picking up more of the slack, having a great series against Boston. And with a win tomorrow night at home, the Bucs can reach the Eastern Conference Final. So Pat Connaughton trying to get another ring. Boy, the ring last year was spectacular. Maybe he will acquire a second this summer. 29 minutes in front of 8 o'clock. Darren Pritchett with you on Sportsbeat AM. NFL schedule comes out tonight. We'll take a look at the list of opponents for the Chicago Bears. Coming up next right now, John Hoffman with a SportsCenter update. In 1922, we began broadcasting under the call letters WGAZ, the world's greatest automotive zone. Now, we're your home for the fighting Irish of Notre Dame and the best sports talk in South Bend. Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Celebrating 100 years of broadcasting in 2022. Seven thirty-seven at Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. Welcome back to the program, Darren Pritchett with you on this Thursday morning, May the twelfth of two thousand and twenty-two. Sixty-four degrees in downtown South Bend. High temperature today, eighty-four degrees. Coming up in the eight o'clock hour on WSBT Radio at eight oh five. I'm going to be joined by the voice of the Fort Wayne Ten Caps on TV and radio. From the Midwest League, John Nolan's going to join us. John is in the broadcast booth this week at Four Winds Field in downtown South Bend as Fort Wayne is taking on the South Bend Cubs. And then coming up at 8.35 in one hour, Brandon Haney joins the program. He is the director of the Senior PGA Championship at Harbor Shores in Benton Harbor, Michigan, the major championship back in the South Bend area, and it will take place May 25th through the 29th. Brandon will tell us more about the tournament and tell you some of the big names that will be teeing it up at Harbor Shores. Again, Brandon joins me at 835 here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. But right now, let's talk a little Chicago Bears football because the NFL schedule comes out tonight at 8 o'clock. Chicago Bears with a brand-new head coach, Matt Eberflus. Ryan Poles, the new GM. They just went through the draft process. And now we start looking ahead to the 2022 Bears season. We'll find out tonight their schedule. But who is on the opponent list for the Chicago Bears this year? Let's go through the information. We'll start with games at Soldier Field. Of course, the Bears will host the three 
divisional opponents, the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Detroit Lions. The other six home games. We'll start with two games against teams from the NFC East. The Bears draw at home the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington Commanders. It is going to be fascinating to see what the Eagles offense looks like this year. Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, they have put the offense on his back. He's got A.J. Brown now to throw to, coming over from Tennessee to join the old Alabama wide receiver, Devontae Smith, and a very interesting Eagles offense. If Hurts can take steps forward, Eagles could be a contender in the NFC East. Their main competition, you would think, would be the Dallas Cowboys. But what about the Washington Commanders? They've been hanging around the 500 mark, made the playoffs two years ago, got the home game, and got beat by the team that would win the Super Bowl, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and now the Commanders. That just sounds weird, doesn't it? The Washington Commanders. Their commander is Carson Wentz. Yep, that's the guy who didn't play great in that season finale for the Colts at Jacksonville, leading to the Colts staying home for the postseason. Is this a guy that can bring the commanders forward? Eh. We'll see. Carson will be at Soldier Field taking on the Chicago Bears. Two other home games for the Bears this year against the AFC East. The Bears will bring to Soldier Field the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. The Bills could be in the top three of most power rankings going into the season. Josh Allen has exploded into an NFL superstar. The Bills quarterback can do it all. He can hurt you with his legs, powerful arm. He has great control of that Bills offense. So the elite Bills coming to Soldier Field. And then a team that's, I think, hard to put your finger on how good they're going to be are the Miami Dolphins a playoff contender. Almost everybody in the AFC seems like a contender as that conference has gotten a whole lot better during the offseason. Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback in Miami, and now a new weapon in Tyreek Hill. Dolphins traded for the speedy superstar wide receiver from the Kansas City Chiefs. What's kind of amusing, the Dolphins a couple of days ago on their social media accounts showed some practice film of Tua going back to throw and throwing a deep ball to Tyreek Hill who made the catch. It looks great, but the problem is you see in the video Tyreek Hill almost coming to a stop to catch the ball as the ball was well underthrown. I kind of feel like if you're going to stick out your chest as a social media group, and you want to show the world something, it better be really, really good because I came away from that video that Tua underthrew Tyree Kill. He almost had to come to a complete stop to make the catch. That's not what you're looking for now. If it's a pass that just floats down the field beautifully into his waiting arms and Tyreek does not have to slow down, yeah, I'm posting that, but do I want to post Tua coming up short in that throw to Tyreek, who had to adjust to make the catch? Nah, probably not. The other two home games for the Bears, 
the San Francisco 49ers to Soldier Field. Trey Lance, the North Dakota State draft pick from two years ago. We assume he'll be the starting quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo has led the 49ers to the Super Bowl, to the NFC Championship game last year, had shoulder surgery, but he never got traded. He's still on the roster. They invested a lot of draft capital moving up to get Lance. He is expected to be the quarterback, so that's a very expensive backup by the Bay right now. And Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers considered one of the top five best teams in the NFC. And the other home game for the Bears this year, that extra ninth game, Lovey Smith comes back to Soldier Field, the former Bears head coach who led them to the Super Bowl. Lovey in charge now of the Houston Texans. David Mills, the quarterback from Stanford, ready for his second season down in Houston. As we look at the Bears' opponent list for 2022, we'll know the schedule later tonight. Road games for the Bears, Packers, Vikings, Lions within the division, and then two road games against the other two teams in the NFC East. The Bears go to Jerry's World to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Then you've got a road game in New Jersey at MetLife Stadium against the New York football giants how much better can the giants get this year they've tried to help out their quarterback daniel jones i love their new head coach brian debull did a great job in buffalo as their offensive coordinator helping to develop quarterback josh allen now in his first year in charge of the g-men bears on the road two games against the afc east a trip to foxborough to take on bill belichick and the New England Patriots. I think the Patriots are another team. How good are they going to be? Mac Jones, has he reached his ceiling? Can he get a whole lot better? Solid quarterback, but not spectacular. And the Patriots are the Patriots. They seem to just defy the odds and stay a highly competitive in a salary cap era. And a trip to... MetLife Stadium a second time. They play the Giants and the Jets on the road this year. Zach Wilson, I think he is going to be one of the most improved quarterbacks in the NFL this year, a second year out of BYU. A lot of interesting draft picks by the Jets. How much better can they get this year? Could be a tricky game for the Bears at MetLife. And finally, the eighth and final road game for the Bears this year. They will take on a Matt Ryan-less Atlanta Falcons. Marcus Mariota, the former first-round pick of the Tennessee Titans, who has spent the last few years as a backup with the Raiders. He's a starter again, this time with the Atlanta Falcons. So you look at the Bears' opponent's schedule. Packers have been tough on them for years. Vikings and Bears pretty even. The Lions probably a step behind the Bears, but not too far behind. You look at the other home games. Eagles, that's going to be a tough game to win. Commanders, very winnable. Bills, extremely tough. Dolphins, a toss-up. 49ers, a toss-up. Texans, that should be a win for the Bears. And the road games, Cowboys, that's going to be a handful. Giants winnable, Patriots, I think that's going to be tough. I think the Jets are going to be a tough out for the Bears this year on the road. 
Falcons. That's a game you got to get down in Atlanta if you want to be a playoff team. The order of the teams they will play, we'll find out later tonight. How many times will the Chicago Bears be in prime time? They're in Chicago. They're always going to get a prime time game. But how often will we see the Bears in prime time this year? Thursday night football this year. It's Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet on the call on Amazon. Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth will have the NBC Sunday night football package broadcast. Monday night football on ESPN is now Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. So a lot of changes in the broadcast booth. And again, that probably will have a trickle-down effect on Notre Dame football with Mike Tirico now in charge of Sunday night football. 12 minutes in front of 8 o'clock. I'm Darren Pritchett. Sports Beat AM continues in a moment with our Sports Beat AM Twitter question of the day, and it's a combination of Notre Dame and broadcasting. Question next on 960 AM WSBT. Hey, Freedom Fred here from Grody Automotive. The doctor told me I need to turn it down a notch so my heart doesn't explode. Now I need a way to get your attention besides screaming. That puts me in a real pickle. So here's what I decide to do. It's my nickel pickle sale. This week you can drive a car you love and put just five cents down. Yep, just a nickel and you can drive. Even if you've had some past credit problems. Even if you've been turned down before. You can drive for just five cents down. I'm in a pickle and you can drive for a nickel this week at Grody Automotive. Even if you've had credit problems in the past. If you have a job and a nickel, you can be approved and drive today. Plus, we'll pay you up to $4,500 for any old trade. Rusted, busted, just clunked out. Come see me in my pickle suit today. I'm Freedom Fred from Grody Automotive, and I'm on a mission to help you break free from your old ride. Now in Warsaw and the all-new Elkhart location. Get pre-approved at GrodySaysYes.com. That's G-R-O-T-E-SaysYes.com. Grody Automotive, one of the Midwest's largest used car selections. Credit and $5 down required bank approval. Negative equity may be refinanced. Offers do not combine. I'm Joel Clark, a select quote agent, with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and he can't take it with him. Well, I went to work and found Ray, who's 40 and takes medication to control his high blood pressure, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. That's way more coverage for a lot less than what he was paying. If select quote didn't shop for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote and to find out how much you can save, call 1-800-597-2010. That's 1-800-597-2010. 1-800-597-2010. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Well, it is summertime, finally in the South Bend area, and don't go through another summer with that awful joint pain. Call QC Kinetics right now. Hi, everyone. Darren Pritchett. That pain in your back, your knees, your shoulder, it can now be treated with the latest in precision medicine using natural biologics, growth factors that can restore and repair damaged tissue. This is really exciting stuff happening right here in our area. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, giving you access right here to this modern-day joint pain solution. You can get lasting joint pain relief with no drugs, no steroids, no downtime, and no surgery. 
You've heard the great Emmett Smith raving about QC Kinetics right here on WSBT Radio. You've read or seen other high-profile people talking about it. Regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can help you get your life back. Take action now. Get a free consultation. Powerful, effective joint pain treatments with natural biologics are here. Call QC Kinetics right now. 574-7-NO-PAIN. In Mishawaka, 574-7-NO-PAIN. That's 574-7-NO-PAIN. Here's a question for you. Why is it that some people aren't as stressed out about the future as you'd think they'd be? Answer? They're probably among the millions of Americans who have prepared themselves with emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. If the worst ever happens, literally millions of American families are already protected from dealing with empty store shelves. Is yours? If not, go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now and grab some emergency food kits, at least one for each member of your family. These kits give you a wide variety of delicious meals that average over 2,000 calories per day. Everything stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. Order your kits now by going to MyPatriotSupply.com. Your order will ship fast and arrive discreetly in unmarked boxes. Listen, this is something you need to jump on now, before the next news headline stuns the world. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. You run a small business, but who's running your HR? Do you have an HR manager? When's the last time you had an HR audit? Do your employees take workplace safety training? My last question to you is this. What are you waiting for? One complaint against your company can turn your world upside down. I'm Alan Jones, and I created Bambi specifically for small business. All so you can put your HR on autopilot. With Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate the most important HR practices, like HR policies, workplace training, and employee feedback. And you'll get a dedicated HR manager not for 80 grand a year, but yes, for $99 a month. We're here to help you navigate the most complex parts of your HR, available by phone, email, and real-time chat. And here's what I'm the most proud of. Bambi customers are four times less likely to have a claim filed against them, which is why Bambi has received thousands of five-star reviews. You run your business. Let Bambi run your HR. Go to Bambi.com slash time today for your free HR audit. Spell BAMBEE.com slash time. Bambi.com slash time. Seven minutes in front of 8 o'clock, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Good morning, I'm Darren Pritchett, and this is our Sports Beat AM Twitter question of the day. Each morning I post a question on my Twitter account at Sports Beat AM. We talk about it each morning at 7.50, and let's go through what we did on yesterday's program. The question was, of these choices, what will be the strength of the 2022 Notre Dame football team? The four choices. And these are just generic answers. Run game, passing game, run defense, pass defense. You have had your say. Here are the results. Coming in fourth place with 1.9% of the vote, it's pass defense. So not a lot of high expectations for Notre Dame stopping C.J. Stroud, among others, in the passing game. Third place of the voting, 3.8% of the vote. The Irish passing game with, we assume, quarterback Tyler Buckner. You wonder if the up and down passing game of the blue goal game with Buckner on the sideline affected the vote. Second place in the voting, 
The strength of this year's Irish football team, 24.5% said the run game. And the winner of our vote from yesterday, a convincing victory for the Irish run defense at 69.8%. That's a great choice. You've got all the key parts back basically from the defensive line. Yeah, Kurt Heinis was an outstanding player, but you've got guys waiting in the wings to take over his snaps. So I agree with the public or the majority. Run defense has a chance to be one of the best parts of this fighting Irish football team. I have more confidence in the passing game than that vote. But again, you can only vote for one. And run defense was the choice. Here is today's question. Which former Notre Dame athlete turned broadcaster do you enjoy listening to the most? Four choices for you this morning at Sportsbeat AM on Twitter. Former Irish basketball player LaFonzo Ellis, a part of the college game day crew on ESPN. Your second choice, former Irish quarterback Brady Quinn. Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports TV, a part of the pregame coverage Saturdays on Fox Sports. Also, another choice, former Notre Dame athlete turned broadcaster. Who do you enjoy listening to the most? We've got former Irish offensive lineman and Super Bowl 50 champion Ryan Harris, who sits in the radio broadcast booth as Paul Burmeister's analyst on the Notre Dame radio network. And choice number four, another great player, college football Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion, former Irish offensive lineman Aaron Taylor, a college football analyst, on CBS Sports Network. So again, our Sports Beat AM Twitter question of the day, which former Notre Dame athlete turned broadcaster do you enjoy listening to the most? LaFonzo Ellis, Brady Quinn, Ryan Harris, or Aaron Taylor? You can vote right now on my Twitter account at SportsBeat AM. That's going to wrap up the 7 o'clock hour of Sports Beat AM, brought to you by Ghost Energy and Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome back to Sports Beat AM on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT, celebrating 100 years of broadcasting in 2022. It is seven minutes after eight o'clock. Welcome to the third hour of Sports Beat AM on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This hour of the program brought to you by Ghost Energy, introducing the feel-good energy drink we've all been waiting for, featuring Sour Patch Kids-inspired flavors. And by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. Good morning, Darren Pritchard with you. It is 65 degrees in downtown South Bend, expecting a high temperature of 84 today. Pretty good day to play some baseball. And just a couple of blocks from our broadcast location, the South Bend Cubs will be taking on the Fort Wayne Tin Caps in Midwest League action tonight, 7.05 right here on WSBT Radio. Fort Wayne still affiliated with the San Diego Padres. And joining me, the voice of the Tin Caps on TV and radio, 
John Nolan. He gets the great luxury of half of every season broadcasting games from one of the most beautiful ballparks in America, Parkview Field in downtown Fort Wayne. John, good to be with you. How are you today? Good morning, Darren. Thanks so much for the chance to join you. And you're right, Parkview Field in in downtown Fort Wayne uh, is spectacular, but I always appreciate my chances to uh, to visit up here in South Bend, too. And you, know, you gave the weather forecast. All of a sudden, uh, it's even better to be here. <laughs> well, between Victory Field down in Indy, Parkview Field, Four Winds Field, we're pretty lucky here in the state of Indiana with three high-end minor league ballparks. Yeah, I'd say pound for pound, minor league baseball in Indiana is honestly as healthy as it is in any state. And you know, for those of us who have had the chance to experience uh, visiting these ballparks, you know, that's not going to come as any surprise. But I, I do think for anyone outside of the area, you know, maybe that does catch them off guard because everyone thinks of Indiana as being synonymous with basketball. And, and of course, it is. And football as popular, really, as anything nowadays. But, you know, under the radar. And, hey, I know you can speak to it uh, personally as well. There's a lot of good youth uh, baseball talent yeah. here in the state too and, and it's awesome to see how communities uh, support their minor league teams as well well john you've had the great luxury the last few years the padres have drafted very well they've been pretty smart in the international free agent circles as well and you've had some high-end talent come through fort wayne you go back a few years ago fernando tatis jr played for Fort Wayne the same year we had Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo in our division. That was a lot of fun that particular year. But the Padres had a lot of expectations last year. Things just didn't play out the way most thought. The last couple of months were a struggle, and they ended up missing the postseason. They get a brand-new manager in Bob Melvin. Fernando Tatis Jr. starts the year on the injured list as apparently he got banged up in a motorcycle injury in the offseason, but here they are, John, at 20-12, and 12, only a game and a half behind the Dodgers in what is turning out to be a highly competitive National League West. What's your early read on this Padre team? Yeah, you're right. And, you know, they actually just had a rare uh, stumble earlier this week. Yesterday, they lost the rubber match of their series against the Chicago Cubs. Uh, so all of a sudden now, um, you know, they'll have to, uh, to bounce back from that as, you know, credit uh, Chicago there going out west and taking two of three. But no, you're exactly right. I mean, the Padres at this point, um, with the talent on the roster, the way that their ownership has invested in the team, I mean, there's probably Cubs fans uh, out there who, you know, are still lamenting the U Darvish trade and just the way that the Padres have been some of the biggest spenders in free agency. And going back a few years ago, their biggest uh, – purchase yet Manny Machado and he's probably been the the number one key to their Mm -hmm. success so far this season because Machado's you know I know we're only a month and a a week or two into the season but he's definitely in in the early MVP conversation at last check leading the league in a bunch of categories Um, and and, since they signed him he hasn't been a bust but at the same time he, he has not necessarily been performing at an MVP level but on top of that, they've really invested in the starting rotation. Mentioned you, Darvish, even just before opening day this year, trading with the uh, A's for Sean Manaya. Got Joe Musgrove, who they traded for from the Pirates a few years ago. Actually, an issue for San Diego going forward is that, and this is a good problem to have, they have 
too many starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. Mackenzie Gore, who's another one of those former tin caps and a former top prospect in all of baseball, he's done nothing, nothing but pitch well so far this season. Uh, has a low ERA around three or so, and he might be an odd man out. A guy like Nick Ramirez, or excuse me, Martinez, mm-hmm. who's uh, been a dreamman, but he's pitched well. He's probably going to get bumped because they've got the likes of a former Cy Young Award winner and Blake Snell set to be back soon. Um, what, Mike Clevenger, another one who they traded for from uh, Cleveland a couple years ago. He's back. So, you know, that's, as you know, that's the name of the game. And that was the, the, probably their downfall last year. It was combination of Tatis not being healthy, but then also a bunch of injuries with the starting pitcher. I mean, all you need to say is that last year they had some must-win games and they needed to start Jake Arrieta, who was really <laughs> on his last last legs and last uh, tosses. So, you know, for uh, for Padres, uh, from a Padres perspective right now, besides Tatis being out and offensively, they, they are missing him. Uh, they have not really been consistent enough offensively. But, yeah, for anyone who likes to stay up late and, and track those West Coast games, um, you know, the Padres are always a, a fun team to watch because you know, they get great crowds out at Petco Park. They've got a great TV broadcast team as well. John Nolan, the voice of the Fort Wayne Tin Camps, joining me on WSBT Radio. Take me back to when Tatis was a Fort Wayne Tin Cap, just the games that I called here in South Bend involving Tatis. I remember early on, I thought he had a lot of trouble with the breaking ball, but then later on that particular year, we saw a different Fernando Tatis Jr. It looked like, John, he made some adjustments. He started hitting the ball more consistently, and at that point, he was out of Fort Wayne. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. That first month or so of the season, uh, his numbers were pretty bad. I'm not even sure if he was hitting 200 a month into the season and striking out probably more than a third of his at-bats. And you mentioned that 2017 year, that really was uh, special for, for those of us following the Midwest League because you had Tatis at the age of 18 and you had Vladimir Guerrero Jr., also just 18 years old. And going into that season, Guerrero actually, he was already firmly on the, the major prospect radar. And I think he might have been considered the top prospect in all of baseball. But Tatis, he was a little bit more under the radar. Mm-hmm. And even just going back to when those guys were initially signed as uh, 16-year-olds out of the Dominican Republic, Tatis did not get one of those you know, eye-popping bonuses that some of these teenagers can get. You know, we'll say he signed for less than a million dollars. Now, you know, of course, we'd all sign up for several hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> but relative to how baseball works in international free agency, he was not um, – a big time target. I mean, obviously the White Sox will uh, will probably always mm. lament the fact that they uh, even traded him before he began his minor league career. But in any case, it was awesome to see how Tatis uh, developed that season and yeah, ultimately was promoted to Double A um, late that summer because all of a sudden he was just able to control uh, the strike zone was no longer swinging away at those low outside breaking pitches and was walking at the highest rate in the league. And it was a joy to watch. Uh, he plays with so much energy and he, at the age of 18, he set a franchise record in Fort Wayne for home runs in a season mm. with 21. Um, and again, just at the age of 18. And one thing that stands out to me with him, well, multiple things, obviously, but you know, among them 
I remember media day before the season, Arias was 18 years old, but because of the fact that his father was major leaguer, he basically grew up in clubhouses, you know, he just wasn't overwhelmed by anything. And so with a bunch of TV cameras and microphones in his face, he was perfectly at ease, you know, being interviewed at, at any time. And the thing uh, that I'll take away from my final conversation with him in Fort Wayne, when I asked him about what his goals were going forward, you know, and here you figure he's maybe going to say, you know, my goal was to, to get called up and I'm excited to be in double A and, you know, just want to finish the season strong or maybe even, you know, I'm really just dead set on making the big leagues. He told me that his goal going forward was not just to be a big leaguer, not just to be an all-star, but to be a Hall of Famer. Wow. I mean, that's kind of gaudy, but you know what? You know, God bless him for realizing sure. the kind of uh, potential that he has and Right now, he'll have to figure out a way to stay healthy because his first few big league seasons have all been marred by time on the injured list. But when he's been healthy, he has been as exciting mm. and as productive as any player out there. John, in 2019, with the sixth overall pick, the Padres took a young man by the name of C.J. Abrams, who was in Fort Wayne for one game. And he actually started the year with the Padres, just got sent down. And I noticed last night he had two home runs at Triple A, yeah. but... I'm actually kind of surprised the Padres pushed him that quickly. I guess from the outside looking in, I thought they're a little more conservative in moving guys that quickly. I know he has enormous talent, and you didn't get to see a whole lot of him, but what is kind of your expectation for Abrams once he gets settled in at the major league level? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, a note for anyone out there, maybe he's uh, playing fantasy baseball and uh got a, a dynasty league and you can have some keepers and you look for those, uh, those prospects, CJ Abrams at the top of the list around the game, super dynamic player in that. Oh heck. I, I forget, you know, what his exact uh, stopwatch time is going from the plate to first, but basically he's even faster than Fernando Tatis Jr. Is. <laughs> so if you've had a chance to see how fast Tatis is, but then you can understand why. There are actually some people in the Padres organization who probably view C.J. Abrams as their shortstop of the future, and that could lead to seeing Tatis shift probably to the outfield. Actually, last year as Tatis mm -hmm. was dealing with a shoulder injury, he did spend time in the outfield. But, yeah, Abrams is still just 21 years old. Again, just talking about a freak athlete. I remember seeing videos of him back in high school doing, you know, windmill dunks. Um, but then he also has just an uncanny ability to to get the barrel on the ball and just not swing and miss. And so I think that makes him pretty rare as well in this day and age where guys are striking out left and right. He's got uh, just a unique knack for being able to get the bat on the ball. Um, and then, you know, again, with the speed that he has, it's great that he understands that because he doesn't even need to hit line drives as long as he's putting the ball in play on the ground sometimes he's got that supreme speed to get on base really strong arm as you'd figure playing shortstop and um yeah again speaking to for the Padres going forward a good problem to have is that they've they've got some depth in uh in key areas and it is interesting to see the trajectory that he's had because after being a first round pick in 2019 came to Fort Wayne for a couple games bummer you know selfishly for us he had a minor shoulder injury. It was right before he was supposed to come up here to South Bend for a road series, actually. And they just erred on the side of caution and shut him down for that last uh, 
month or so of the season. There was no 2020 season. Even last year, he was crushing it in double A, but then suffered a, a shoulder injury as he was uh, stealing a base, or actually a leg injury, I should say. And yeah, he's got like less than 100 minor league games under his wow. belt, but already had a chance to contribute on the major league roster early on this year with Tatis being out. John, let me ask you really quick before we sign off here about a guy that's on your roster right now. Sounds like a high-end prospect and outfielder, Robert Robert Hassel III for South Bend Cub fans that might be going to Four Winds Field between now and Sunday. What might they see from Hassel? Yeah, and uh, a quick note in general, while uh, we've been spoiled with the, uh, the level of prospects that we've had in, in Fort Wayne, through the Padres for a long time, not being a, a playoff or World Series contender and being a team that was trading away major league talent and a, stocking up the prospects, now it's flipped. And so actually, you know, a great example of that, again, is that you Darvish trade and one of the current South Bend top prospects, Owen Casey, he was drafted by the Padres. And so he was figuring to be a, a tin cap here at this mm-hmm. point, but instead now he's on the South Bend side. Fortunately, though, Padres still do have uh, great scouting, and so they've got a guy like Robert Hassel III. Just 20 years old, so one of the younger players here at the high A level, and he's leading the league in or in the top five or so in just about every category, uh, hitting better than 350, pretty similar to what I was saying with C.J. Abrams. Um, and Robert's actually been nicknamed Bobby Barrels, and it's very <laughs> apropos because, again, this day and age, it's kind of a breath of fresh air that he is not someone who is swinging maximum effort at every pitch he gets. He will probably go the opposite way at a higher rate than he pulls the ball. Um, he's got five home runs this year and four of them uh, as a left-handed batter, four of them have gone the opposite way. So he's not shy about doing that. Um, and even for fans, I'll tell you this, I'm not personally an autograph guy or baseball card uh, collector these days, but I love that, that Bobby's got a great perspective. He has not missed a game so far this season because mm-hmm. he just has that understanding that you know fans want to see the best guys playing. Um, and then for that matter, too, he's been really generous signing autographs for fans. And so this is a message really for kids, not someone trying to you know <laughs> hoard uh, his autograph for the value in the future. Yeah. But that would be that would be cool for kids to meet a guy who's nice, friendly, plays hard. He's a speed guy too. Uh, a couple of stolen bases already in the series here this week. So that's another one of the areas where he's top five in the league center fielder with that speed. He, he covers a lot of ground. So um, yeah, once again, just like fans here in South Bend, Fort Wayne, not only blessed to have a great ballpark, but to have uh, top tier talent coming through as well. And that just uh, is the uh, icing on the cake. I got about a minute, but I got to sneak in. There was a guy on your 2016 roster. I remember he got on base a lot, and he's turning into a really good major leaguer with Seattle and Ty France. Yeah, a good example of how sometimes the guys don't have the uh, the top 30 prospect mm-hmm. ranking number next to their name. France, I mean, heck, he pitched in multiple games in garbage time that year, and that's usually an indication that you're really at the bottom of the pecking order. At last check, he's top 20 in, in all the majors in OPS right now. Uh, he's someone who came out of San Diego State where he was fortunate enough to actually play for Tony Gwynn um, when he was the coach at, of the Aztecs. So Ty France, really nice guy. And, yeah, glad to see. We currently have 44 former Fort Wayne players 
um, in the big leagues and a lot of those guys making an impact. So another example, too, where when you're following the South Bend Cubs or the Fort Wayne Tim Caps, sure, they're affiliated with Chicago or San Diego, but, you know, these guys wind up getting dealt or signing elsewhere. And so it's kind of fun to, to look around all 30 big league clubs and see uh, names that we're familiar with. Yeah, Ramil Reyes with the Cleveland Guardians. I never thought he'd be a major leaguer watching him in Fort Wayne and just shows you guys develop at different paces and you just never know. And that's what makes minor league baseball so much fun. And you've always got the best seat in the house, John, calling the Fort Wayne 10 gap, 10 cap games on TV and radio. And you've become a good friend through the years. So I appreciate you getting up early this morning here in South Bend and joining me. I know you'll have a great broadcast tonight and hopefully we'll run into you soon. For sure. Well, uh, Darren, yeah, again, it was all. Uh, a blast having you in the league and uh, elevating the level of broadcasting uh, in minor league baseball for the years that you did. But I'm glad now you've got a chance to catch your son's high school game and uh, his uh, great early high school career so far. And, uh, you know, I can speak on behalf of a lot of Notre Dame fans in Fort Wayne. We really appreciate your coverage and you're just uh, an amazing resource for, uh, for Irish fans. not limited just to South Bend. So please uh, keep up the great work. And thanks so much for the chance to join you for uh, a little bit this morning. Well, you're very kind of added to the yelling. I don't know about the quality of broadcasting, but I added to the yelling. (laughs) And I know you probably get a lot of Jack Nolan comments that people want to talk Notre Dame basketball with you since you have a similar name. So thanks for the response and covering Notre Dame basketball as well. Hey, yeah, you know, in this day and age where nepotism is alive and well, if only I was related to Jack, but he's uh, no relation, but certainly another broadcaster who I've really admired over the years. Um, as, yeah, I you know I grew up Irish Catholic, so obviously yeah. I'm a I'm an ND fan uh, at heart. You bet, John. Good to talk to you. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, thanks, Darren. See Thank ya. you so much. In 1922. We began broadcasting under the call letters WGAZ, the world's greatest automotive zone. Now, we're your home for the fighting Irish of Notre Dame and the best sports talk in South Bend. Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Celebrating 100 years of broadcasting in 2022. It is 65 degrees in downtown South Bend on this Thursday morning. 8.36 is your time. Good morning. Darren Pritchett with you. Well, Major Championship Golf is coming back to our area May 25th through the 29th. It's the Senior PGA Championship at Harbor Shores in Benton Harbor, Michigan. This has become a great tradition, this great championship coming to the Jack Nicklaus layout. And joining us to talk about the upcoming major championship is the director of the Senior PGA Championship, Brandon Haney. Brandon, it's Darren. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me today. Thank you so much for your time. First off, we just have to start with the fact that the Senior PGA Championship and Harbor Shores and the Benton Harbor community, Brandon, it's been a great team for many, many years. Now, why has it worked so well? Uh, we, we have a great team that, that puts together these championships, a great sponsor in KitchenAid uh, that helps us conduct this championship, but a great community. And it really, uh, it's so special to see the businesses and the community members come together for this championship. The great thing about the Senior PGA Championship, Brandon, and there are many things, but what stands out for me, 
you watch the PGA Tour on television for many, many years, and we see all these great golfers, and now they graduate to the Champions Tour, and they battle for this particular championship. There are so many recognizable names in your championship. Give us a sample of just some of the great golfers that our spectators will be seeing in person up at Harbor Shores. Absolutely. Our field this year is fantastic, and it being the fifth time we've hosted here at Harbor Shores, uh, I can confidently say this is the best field we've had yet. Uh, currently in the field, we have 26 major champions, 11 former Ryder Cup captains, guys from John Daly, Fred Couples, Darren Clark, Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, Steve Stricker, Padraig Harrington, BJ Singh. I mean, the list goes on and on. So from top to bottom, our field is very, very strong. Brandon, put it into perspective for our listeners and our golf fans, the importance of this golf championship, not only to the PGA of America, but to the participants that come to this event each and every year. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, from a PGA of America perspective, it's very special that we're able to be a part of something a little bit larger than golf and, and hosting the championship in this community. Like I said earlier, it really is that, that community event. We, we do a lot more things outside of golf. Uh, that really kind of engage the community and local businesses. So it's important for us to be here, but it's also important for the community to have us. Brandon Haney is our guest, the director of the Senior PGA Championship at Harbor Shores in Benton Harbor, Michigan, May 25th through the 29th. Let's ask a question on behalf of golf fans that maybe have never been to a golf tournament in person. Brandon, there's a lot of ways to enjoy the golf tournament, sitting at one hole, maybe following your favorite golfer. For someone that is going to a golf tournament for the first time, could you offer a suggestion of possibly the best ways to enjoy this championship? Yeah, and it's, it's, there's truly something for everyone at our championship. For, for someone who really wants to come and watch some of their favorite golfers, like the guys I just listed, uh, the opportunity to watch them up close is fantastic. We have great, great viewing opportunities on the golf course with um, bleachers and, and other uh, venues on site. But then for, for people who really want to come out and just enjoy everything else going on at the event, we have uh, our our Pure Michigan Championship Courtyard, which is our main entrance to our championship, will host facilities like the KitchenAid Fairway Club, which in my opinion is the best activation in all of golf. The KitchenAid team puts on a fantastic show in there with a demo kitchen, all their products on display. We're bringing in celebrity and local chefs that will do demonstrations throughout the week. We'll have our community showcase, which will really highlight the live, work, stay, and play themes of Southwest Michigan. We have our YMCA Kids Zone. We're, we're thrilled to be partnering with the local YMCA and Curious Kids Museum to give an opportunity for families to come out. Uh, our policy is uh, junior tickets, so anyone under the age of 17 is allowed up to four juniors per ticketed adult. So really a, a family event there, but an affordable uh, opportunity for families to come out. And then uh, the very popular Maker's Trail 19 pole, which is an upgraded spectator ticket. We have the facility on 17 Green, fantastic view of golf, but also uh, gives, gives those ticket holders the opportunity to taste Southwest Michigan as we've partnered with six local breweries, wineries, distilleries. We'll have cider in there. So really the opportunity to kind of 
see what some of the, the local businesses are and give them some of that spotlight as well. He is Brandon Haney, the director of the Senior PGA Championship at Harbor Shores in Benton Harbor, Michigan, the championship May 25th through the 29th. Brandon, since you're talking about all those opportunities, why don't we go ahead and pass along how people can get tickets for this championship? Absolutely. Tickets are still available on our website, srpga.com. I encourage everyone to come out. Like I said, there's really something for everyone out here. Confident. Uh, anyone who comes out will have a good time and really find something to do out here. So srpga.com, everything from uh, ticket opportunities to even if you already have a ticket and you're just looking for some of that last-minute know-before-you-go information, all of that can be located there on srpga.com. Brandon, I think most people that follow golf are familiar the the rounds of the championship and the final round, of course, is on Sunday. But what about the practice rounds? I think those are always kind of interesting, a chance to see these guys a little more laid back. They're not as, as locked in as when they're in the championship. Can people go to the practice rounds, and what could they expect if they took advantage of that opportunity? Absolutely. Wednesday, May 25th is a practice round. Uh, available uh, that day so anyone with a flex ticket can come out um, and see kind of the guys as they're putting on their final preparations for our major championship and I think one of the best places to go is the driving range Brandon because I know at Harbor Shores there the ropes and the seating area is not too far from the golfers so you get a really good perspective it is truly that front row seat when they're on the range we have uh our driving range at the tee box is about 100 yards wide. So we, we get everyone really close, and it's yeah, that great opportunity to get up close to uh, some of your favorite golfers. Brandon, with your connection to the PGA of America, just want to ask you about, in your opinion, the state of golf. I know here in the South Bend area, we have a couple of championship golf courses that we take advantage of. Warren and Blackthorn are a couple, and these golf courses are jammed the last few years. Golf has been really going strong here in our particular area in the United States. Are you seeing golf as strong as ever? Absolutely. And that's the beautiful thing about hosting our championship here at Heather Shores. It's a major championship venue, but it's a public golf course. Anyone can come out and play this golf course. And it is a shout out to the superintendent here, Matt Ballrath. He and his team have Harbor Shores in fantastic shape right now. So definitely encourage people to come out and check out Harbor Shores after our championship. And finally, just want to ask you, I, I was looking up some information about you yesterday. You spent some time at the Ryder Cup. What is the Ryder Cup like? We watch it on TV, and I think we can feel the excitement. What's it like in person? Yeah, I had uh, a special opportunity of working the Ryder Cup over at Whistling Straits last year as the operations manager. It's spectacular, and that, that event is uh, should be on everyone's bucket list. <laughs> it is uh, quite fun I mean, to see those guys compete in the – in the team format is, is fantastic. Brandon, why don't we just go ahead and pass along the dates and the important ticket information if people want to come see the Senior PGA Championship at Harbor Shores. How can they do so? Yes, tickets available, srpga.com. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be open a couple weeks here, May 25th to the 29th. So hopefully we'll see everybody out here. And if, if everyone can help us keep the weather nice that week, we would very much appreciate it well it is a beautiful venue at harbor shores a terrific place for a major championship and brandon best of luck to you as the director of this tournament and the entire pga of america as you put on this major championship once again in our area we are so happy you guys continue to come back 
to our area. It is a joy to have it here. And best wishes on a terrific tournament, May 25th through the 29th. Thank you so much. We truly appreciate it. Are you a business owner worried about the safety of your sensitive data? Look no further than Midwest Data Depot, your local off-site backup storage solution. Contact us today. Visit MidwestDataDepot.com.